I would go to the park after I'd look at the magazine and and spend hours by myself trying to learn these tricks by looking at, at the pictures. And eventually I succeeded. with me Nathan I'm joined with Steve Steve if you want to let the uh, people know who you are and what it is you do uh, my name is Steve Caballero <clears throat> I'm 58 years old I'm a professional skateboarder uh, musician and artist um, yeah started skating at age 12 uh, got sponsored probably around 14 and turned pro at age 15 in 1980 uh, by Pal Peralta, and they've been my only sponsor, board sponsor since 1980. So that's amazing. That's amazing. So, was it always your dream to be a skateboarder? Because um, obviously, you said you've got. Um, I know you're into dirt bikes too, and you do a lot of mm-hmm. dirt bikes and stuff like that. You're an artist, and I know that you love drawing and painting and stuff, as well mm-hmm. as a collector. So, was it always your dream to be like a skateboarder, or in that sort of in that realm of like extreme sports? I think if anything, <clears throat> when I picked up a skateboard, my only dream was to be able to skateboard in the places I was seen in the magazines that I would buy from the local market. I'd look through the magazines and see people skating these skateboard parks that were being built in Southern California. And they just looked really fun and, and look and I, a dream was to maybe one day visit SoCal and and skate these parks, but they ended up actually building them up where I live in NorCal. So that made it a lot easier for me to be accessible to those. Um, but I remember coming down south around 1978 uh, to Disneyland with my 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 family and seeing the skateboard park right across the street. So I asked my father if he could take me and my best friend the next time we came down and he did. I rode the skate park for the first time. I learned how to carve front side for the first time. I skated a pool for the first time. So I, after that, I got hooked. I got, felt really comfortable and, and uh, just really enjoyed the challenge of it. Um, and how smooth the cement was, you know, I went from just kind of building my own little wood ramps to like skating a, a pool and a, and a bank and a, and a, you know, curved, curved surfaces. So, um, it just was very intriguing to me. So at a very young age that my dream was to continue skateboarding and, and get good at it, you know, uh, learn tricks, progress, uh, but as far as a career, you know, I was like 12 years old. So, you know, yeah. at 12 years old, you're not thinking about a career. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. You're just having fun, you know. So I never even thought that I would ever get sponsored. I never even thought that I ever would turn pro. 
it just kind of, I just kind of went along with the ride. And still today, I'm still going along for the ride. You know, I don't know where skateboarding is going to take me next. Um, but it's taken me all over the world. Um, it's introduced me to a lot of people. Um, I've made different relationships with different people. I've discovered different um, avenues to express myself, including art, including music. Uh, but the one thing that's connected me to all these different things is skateboarding, for sure, because I feel like skateboarding is something that has touched <clears throat> a lot of people's lives, whether you're a musician, whether you're an artist, um, whether you're into other sports. Um, there's a there's some kind of like attraction to skateboard i don't know what it is um it just it looks intriguing and challenging and exciting at the same time so um and plus it's super dangerous you know <laughs> i think that's what you know humans love to be in dangerous situations yeah you know? so 100% so um obviously you started skateboarding obviously at a young age um and you got signed early and stuff like that but what was it that inspired you to begin skateboarding although it wasn't obviously a dream because you was young but it was a, it was a passion that turned into a dream um like what inspired you to want to skate well for one i was terrible at other sports <laughs> you know i couldn't do baseball uh football soccer i just was really short in stature you know, and I, I just felt like I didn't have the build for that. Uh, and just not, you know, it just wasn't something that was attractive to me because I, it was a it was a team effort. And I felt like it, with team efforts, you know, you could be the best player you can. But if someone else is terrible, the whole team fails. You know, yeah. I feel like with skateboarding, it's something that you could only rely on your own ability and there's no one else to blame but yourself, you know, as far as like progressing to that next level um, and learning new tricks and, you know, seeing how far you can take something because skateboarding in itself is an art form. It, it, skateboarding means a lot to a lot of different things to different people. Like for one, <clears throat> it can be a mode of transportation. Uh, so people only skate for that. Um, it's an art form, so people just love being creative on it. Um, it has a competitive um, aspect to it where people will try to compete against each other. So it makes it a sport because then that's when you need to practice and you need to like train and be healthy and your mind has to be really, really clear. Yeah. When it comes to skateboarding, because I, I feel like skateboarding is pretty much like 90% mental and 10% physical, meaning like you can be totally healthy and totally in shape, but if your mind's not there, it, 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 everything fails. You know, yeah. I think the mind is the one that controls everything about your actions and what the choices you're going to make. So <clears throat> the beauty I love about skateboarding is it really taught me the lessons of failing to succeed. And so I've used that attitude towards everything that I've dipped into to want to, to progress and be good at. So with music, I know that I had to fail many times to succeed. I know with art, I had to draw terrible pictures before I could design something that I would like and maybe other people were attracted to. So 
it just gave me a, a healthy mindset of like, nothing comes easy in life and everything takes work. And I believe that um, it's not, I'm not a naturally gifted person. I don't believe in natural talent. I believe that everybody works hard in their own way. We just don't see that progress. We see the results. And for me, as a person who has gone through those steps, I can honestly say that I do not believe in natural talent at all. Okay, so. that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. I yeah, mean, and it's, it's, an, like, it's an argument as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's a good point, though. I mean, 100% people just see the end result because that's what we offer. They don't see the 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 amount of times you fall off the skateboard or anything like that, you know. Um, so that is a really interesting way of looking at it, um, for sure. Um, so obviously you got into skateboarding at such a young age um, and you mentioned about um, – wanting to skate at certain parks and reading magazines and stuff like that who was your idols um like either personally like was it your dad or anything like that or and then in a in a skateboarding aspect was who was your idols in in that aspect um people i looked up to before skateboarding was definitely bruce lee was one because he was a movie star at the time and he was a very famous uh, 70s icon as far as martial arts and how far he took it and how he, how he made it look. Um, and another person who was very iconic back in the early 70s was uh, Evil Knievel um, with okay. motorcycles. And, you know, it, it just someone who took something to the next level and made it made exciting to watch, but knew that it was dangerous at the same time. So it really taught me a lot about um, courage and perseverance and, you know, just stepping outside the box and, and putting yourself in a vulnerable area where you're either going to fail at it or you're going to succeed, but there's excitement around it. You know, so Bruce Lee and Evil Knievel were definitely icons and inspirations for me to to look up to, you know, to someone, you know, um, who took an art form or took whatever activity and, 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 and try to be the best they could at it. Um, while I got into skateboarding, um, obviously, Tony Alva, Jay Adams, Stacey Peralta were guys that were I'd see in the magazines. And then guys like Brad Bowman with style. Um, but there was one gentleman that really stood out to me um, and his name was Eddie Algera. And he was at the top of his game at the late 70s or 79, early 80s. And I knew that he was the best skateboarder at that time because he was winning all the competitions. And that's what kind of puts you in a, in a pecking order of, of who was the best was not that that you could see photos of them in the magazines but who were entering these contests and winning you know yeah. and he was winning so i saw what he was doing and i want to emulate what he was doing so every time i would see a trick he would do i'd look at the sequence in the magazine because there was no there wasn't much film back then there was no such thing as video no such thing as cell phones no such way of capturing skateboarding but only through photography and sequences. So I would study the sequences and I would go to the park 
after I'd look at the magazine and and spend hours by myself trying to learn these tricks by looking at, at the pictures. And eventually I succeeded. And the more tricks I learned, the better I got. And the the better I got, the more competitions I would win. And when I'd win a competition, I would get a prize and I would get some praise. And that was very attractive and addictive to me. And that's why I kept continuing to progress and get better because I felt like there was always a reward for how much effort I put into something. And I didn't want that to go away. So I worked diligently every day, whether it was raining, not raining, people at the park, me by myself, I would put the work in that nobody saw. Yeah. And, until a competition. And then we're like, whoa, look at this kid. He's like good at skateboarding. But they didn't they didn't know the process that I put in. They didn't know my mental state, what I thought about every day. Uh, you know, and people don't know that unless they're inside your own body. So um, I know how, how hard I work for everything that I do. So um, and that's what got me to where I am at today. And that's where I've been able to maintain and continue this um you know, dream of being a skateboarder and, you know, kind of like not, not growing up in a way where um, you have to quit this hobby or this thing that you love to get a, a normal nine to five job where there's no risk or health, health risks involved, where it's a little bit safer, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, people like say like, oh, how does it feel like not to ever have a real job? Well, if you're if you're trying to say that a real job is a place that you don't want to be, then I don't ever want to have a real job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I feel like I've had a real job my whole life and I've gotten good at maintaining being employed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why... <laughs> I mean, I've been able to sustain myself over all the years because I've made really good choices. And even though I was at the top, I still worked hard to stay there. And if I wasn't at the top of this, I would try a different avenue to be noticed or have something to offer to skateboarding. And so, in, like I said, just trying to find my way all the time, even though maybe it wasn't working out this way, I try to find my way this way. And so that's why I've been able to maintain such a long career in skateboarding and, and built a good brand, a name brand from it, you know, just making good choices, you know, and yeah. I think uh, the more good, great choices you make, the more benefits you get, the, the bad, the bad choices that you make, uh, you miss out on a lot of stuff. And I know a lot of great talented people who have made bad choices in life and they lost their opportunity. You know, and that's something that was ingrained in me in a very long time. I never wanted to lose my opportunity, my opportunity, you know, yeah. so. So just touching on, obviously, you mentioned about um, Bruce Lee. Uh, you, I want to say you was born in the year of the dragon, right? Which then you obviously took and inspired the dragon into your whole branding and mm -hmm. your art, which then obviously Bruce Lee had entered the dragon. Was there ever like that inspiration there in that sense? Was he an idol in that like artistic sense as well? I think so. I mean, yeah, he was always known as the dragon, a little dragon. And um, 
his movie was called Enter the Dragon, Return of the Dragon. Um, but the reason why I incorporated the dragon into an iconic figure of myself is because um, in the Chinese zodiac or calendar, the year that I was born is year of the dragon. So I felt like that was kind of a, a slight connection to me. Not, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's a, it's a made up thing, yeah. but whatever it is, it represented the year that I was born. So I, I just gravitated to that. Just what? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not even Chinese. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, but I was born in that year of the dragon. So I'm like, that's cool. So that's why, I mean, that's the only reason okay. why I think I would have chose a dragon if, if I wasn't born year of the dragon. Yeah. Okay, and, that's cool. and then also, you know, Bruce Lee. And, um, but a very interesting thing is because, um, a dragon is, is kind of like a mystical creature, you know? Um, and um, there's three types of dragons that I've discovered. There's a medieval dragon, which uh, is a, has wings and blows fire. There's the Chinese dragon that kind of has, you know, um, a, a sort of look with scales, kind of like a serpent. And then there's a Japanese one that almost kind of so, similar. You know, and um, the funny thing is, which is really cool, is I wasn't until I was age 35 when my dad passed away, I found that 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 I was secretly a quarter Japanese. OK, OK. Yeah. So which is really interesting. So that made it tie in even better. It's like, oh, my goodness, like I have a Asian background, which represents they represent the dragon a lot. So I'm like, oh, makes sense. You know, it's pretty cool that 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 happened. So um, for all the viewers out there that don't know this, my real last name uh, is a Japanese last name and it's Nakahara. Okay. Yeah. So where did Caballero come from? Is that is Caballero that... came from my father's mother's maiden name. Oh, okay. So her name was Coltilde Caballero and my grandfather was Samuel Nakahara and they married had my dad I think they split up after he was born he never really knew his dad and so because he grew up on, uh, with his mother's family which was her mother's his mother's parents his brother his uncles became his brothers and so they adopted him into the Caballero family so I have no idea what my heritage in Jap uh, Japan is, Nakahara. I had never met that that side of the family. I um, mean, I would love to someday. I think it would be pretty cool to to see relatives uh, from my grandfather's side that I never met or knew about. Um, so like a lot of Japanese people, when I go to Japan, they, they've looked up to me through skateboarding. They've, they've known me as Caballero, but when they find out that my real birth last name is nakahara well not me but my father's yeah um they they find it pretty interesting you know and they're like i knew you were asian (laughs) some sort of (laughs) i'm like i didn't i didn't know my parents kept it a secret my bad (laughs) no that's amazing um hopefully you can reach out to them one day and find them and connect up that that would be lovely um So just on, obviously, 
the aspect of dreams and of uh, like skateboarding getting signed how did you achieve where you are now um you know you've had a lot of great successes over the way the signing with vans um you know using tony hawk's pro skater like number two i believe and all the way up from that you know mm-hmm. um even in the music career you've you've done a lot of things you broke records um you uh 44 stairs i believe you done the grind you know you broke the world record for the um vert uh, for 11 feet in the air, I believe that was as well. In 1987, I ha- I held the world record for the highest aerial done on a vert ramp. Yeah. In 1987, yeah, it was 11, 11 feet. So how do you, um, like, how did you achieve all that? Would you say it was like mindset, just constantly like never giving up and building like a name for yourself just in that circuit? So you was always skating, entering these competitions, stuff like that. I think it was just a, um, the aspect of competition and always trying to better yourself um, I, because I feel like if there's no no one to be competitive against, there's no one to, to, to push you to the limits of, of what you can discover you have, you know? So there's no one kind of like on your heels trying to take away what you have. Um, there's no inspiration or, or push to get you to that next level. You know, I feel like with any kind of competition, every if you're going to enter a competition, <clears throat> you probably want to try to win. And the way to win is to outdo your opponent. And that's figuring out how to do that. So it's really a, um, it's really a kind of a game of learning um, from your mistakes and try to not make those same mistakes so you can progress to that next level, higher level. Um, because if you keep making the same mistakes, you're never going to succeed. So it's a lot of life is, I feel in general, is all about making mistakes. Life, yeah. life you know, it's a, it's a huge lesson, you know, um, it's a learning experience, you know, and when you keep failing, the same way, I feel like you're not growing and you're not living and you're not learning, which makes life kind of boring in a way, you know, because, you know, especially people that don't want to lose, they don't want to feel that, that agony of defeat. Um, that's a person that, that doesn't want to see what they're capable of, you know, or has a, a lot of fear um, of disappointment humiliation um you know i i feel like there there's a reward for being vulnerable to um you know go through all those emotions and and um i feel like um suffering is part of life and a lot of people don't like to suffer so they don't get much out of life you know they want to go through life without suffering yeah and then that's all they get, you know? For me, I've learned that suffering is just part of living and I'm willing to go through that suffering to get to that next place or live that next dream. You know, if anyone wants to dream about something, you better believe that it's not gonna be an easy journey and it's gonna be hard work and there's gonna be a lot of uh, disappointments. There's gonna be a lot of fear 
there's going to be a lot of agony and defeat. And if you're willing to man through that and uh, learn patience, which is long suffering is another term of the word patience, because people who don't like to suffer are, are not very patient at all. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's how we live, man, you know? And um, so I, I've chosen not to take the safe way out, you know, and yeah. because of that, I've been able to experience life to its fullest and be where I'm at right now, you know? And when I keep continuing to do that, um, good things come my way. And with people surrounded around me, they get to enjoy those things too. Like, so like before I did this podcast with you, you know, um, I went and skated, you know, by myself with one other person, you know, was it fun? Not really, you know, but was I willing to put the work in? Yeah. Because there's light, there's light at the end of that, the tunnel. And I know that the more work I put in there, I'm going to benefit from that. Um, but it's not always pleasant. You know, I would rather just want to sit on my couch and watch TV before I got to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm, I was tired. Um, I knew that I was going to have to stretch. I knew it's very cold inside Hawks ramp. And I just wanted to put the work in because my mindset's not completely there. And the farther, the longer that I stay away from my goal, the harder it is to get there. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I feel like that that is that is a, a pretty strong statement. You know, the farther you stay away from your goal, the harder it is to get there. You know, so you need to find things that are going to help you achieve your goals and dreams and, and focus on those. There's a lot of things in this world that take that focus away. You know, and if you're yeah. smart and you're wise enough, you can see those red flags really quick, you know, and unfortunately, drugs and alcohol have taken those dreams away from people. I mean, even relationships have taken those dreams away from people, you know, so sometimes a, a relationship's not a very healthy thing to be in if your goal is to, to, to follow a dream and achieve it. You know, it takes a lot of work to be in a relationship, yeah. whether you're a man or a woman you know, and that takes away from your dream. So you have to choose. Do I want to chase this dream or do I want to be in an argument with my, yeah. <laughs> my significant other, you know? Yeah. you know, do I want to waste my time arguing about petty things with the person that you supposedly love and care about and want to spend time with, or do you want to just stop having a relationship and focus on the dream so you can achieve it? You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a give and take, you know, some people just want to have a relationship and don't want to follow their dreams and that's fine. Yeah. It's a personal choice, you know, but um, you're going to regret everything that you did not put effort into. 100%. You know? Yeah. And um, just obviously where we just touched on, like you've had a lot of career highlights, you know, from the sign-ins to like, brand boards and getting your first original um, signature deck. You know, you managed to get some of your artwork on the bottom of your designs. 
and yeah. like and stuff like that, as well as the shoe deals and um you landed skater of the century as well. Um and you know you I think I believe you invented a skate move as well, right? You invented a trick, right? So yeah. out of all that, what has been your proudest moment in your career? Is it, it could either be like winning a contest or the day you son was born or watching your son skate for the very first like what has been your proudest moment i would that's very difficult to answer <laughs> i've had way too many proud moments to just kind of narrow it to one um i think my proudest moment was um being inducted into the hall of fame of skateboarding um only because i was recognized for my contribution to this sport that is still something that I'm involved with and yeah. so it's very honorable to have people you know respect you in that way you feel like you've you've added something to this world that has meaning you know that's that's brought a lot of joy to people that's influenced uh, generations that's inspired people to want to do the same things that I do you know so I would probably say, yeah, yeah, being inducted in, in the Skateboard Hall of Fame is a pretty high achievement. Um, being called Skater of the Century, that was only uh, a term that Thrasher made up because they just felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's an actual thing, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I've yet to probably discover my proudest moment because I'm still alive. So when I'm you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's it, it's all it all varies. Um, I've had so many proud moments. I mean, uh, I'm working on a book right now with a gentleman um, who's writing it for me. I'm working on a, a documentary about my life as well. So there'll be a Amazing. lot of things highlighted in there that people will will see um, what I've achieved and what I told these people um that want to document my life in a book and a documentary is I don't want it so much to be um a story about me and who I am and what I've achieved because you can just google that yeah of course. I want it to be more of my mindset and how I think and how other people can achieve the same dreams and goals that I have with the same type of mentality you know because like you said, a lot of people don't know how to get there. Yeah. You know, they don't know how to get there. Um, and a lot of people want to know, you know, and that's great. But, you know, if they really know how to get there, they might not want to put the effort into it, you know. <laughs> Definitely. You know, so, you know, uh, everyone's different. You know, everyone um, has achieved things in their own way. Um, and have put their own time into things. Um, but like with me, you know, I just, every day I'm able to wake up. I just keep trying to think of new ways to uh, progress at anything that I'm in, I'm into and to stand out, you know, and the, and, the, and the only way to stand out is to push yourself to yeah. that next level. And it's a lot of overcoming a lot of fears, you know? So if anyone wants to follow their dreams, they better be ready to overcome their fears and if they're not 
going to be able to do that or want to put the work into it, then you just, you could just say goodbye to your dreams and goals. So would you say that would be your one bit of advice you would offer to anybody wanting to follow that? Pretty much because nothing in life comes easy, you know, and if it does comes easy, you're not going to appreciate it, you know? Um, no, no, but... So. No, that's perfect, man. Well, I appreciate it. That's everything that I have. Um, so I really appreciate your time. Um, so thank you very much for that. You're welcome, man. And thank you for letting me share. And um, like, I'm like, currently, you know, I'm, in a, in a band playing music. I've been in bands my whole life since 1982. I've been in four different bands. This is my fifth band. And I feel like finally, after 40 years, I'm in a place where the band that I'm in is, is taking off to where I would want it to see it go. Amazing. You know? so, so you can, you can just understand that it, it took me 40 years to get here. Yeah. You know, um, some people it's, it hasn't taken that long, but I've never given up on that dream. Thank you for tuning into this episode of it was all a dream. We appreciate your time and support. We hope that you enjoyed the episode and you feel inspired to achieve your dreams. Be sure to give us a follow on social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter, where you can contact us and stay connected with us. If you have any feedback on the episodes or guest recommendations, be sure to stick around after this to see what's upcoming in the next episode. Thank you. What's happening, everybody? My name is Tate Fletcher. Uh, right now in the in, in culture, what I'm known most for is uh, my uh, portrayal of Paz Vizla in the Mandalorian season uh, three, which is just finishing up, I think, on Wednesday coming up and um, should be a great finale. Um, you know, I'm a mixed martial artist or I was a, a podcaster, a, um, actor, a gym owner, a coffee company owner, me and uh, a couple of friends own caveman coffee that we've had running with cold brew nitros and beans for the last 10 years and yeah just always moving man